to all my heavy hitters and lockdown defenders. Welcome to the 30-Minute Lockdown, episode 18, man. We're back in the building, man, each and every Thursday, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I know you're popping the platform to get your podcast from. I am your host, Coach Defense. I'd like to welcome y'all back to one of our more highly rated shows on the podcast network, man. And the last time we did this show, it took off. <laughs> I mean, talk rocket ship take off, man. It took off. I mean, we talk rest in peace, you know, to to the members of uh, the Amigos, but... I mean, it took off, bro. Like, for real. That is amazing. You know, it's amazing with some good content to do for you, right? Talk about coaching firings and whether it's justified, fair, unfair, fair or foul. People love that, man. So uh, if you haven't checked that out already, go back and look at it. It was a really good video. And we got another bomb burner for you this week. <laughs> and I'm really excited about this one because this is going to be a, a show in a episode in the series of episodes that's going to expand between now and the preseason start of the training camp. Uh, we're going to get into each and every division in the NFL. It's called the NFL Preseason Rundown. So we're going to get into that this week. And we're going to start at the top. We're going to get into the NFC East this week. We're going to talk about the NFC East, and then we're going to break them down in detail and in this entirety and uh, where these guys uh, landed as far as their roster is concerned holistically, what they did in free agency, the draft, trades, and we're going to give them an overall grade of what we feel like they did overall and holistically as far as overhauling their roster to be uh, a competitive and winning ball club this year. So without further ado, man, because like I said, I am super excited about this whole uh, particular segment of this series. It's going to be a good one, man. So buckle up, strap in, and let's 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 get into it, man. So if you're an NFC East uh, fan, Eagles, Giants, Cowboys, or Commanders, this is for you. This is for you. So let's get into it, man. So we're going to go in alphabetical order. Um, you know, no show no bias, show no hate. <laughs> we're going to go in alphabetical order, right? So we're going to start off with the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys started last season, ended last season, I should say, at 12-5. and five. Uh, They made the playoffs, obviously. They were the, a wild card team. The Eagles took the division. Um, <clears throat> and they were ultimately uh, beaten by the 49ers in, in the uh, divisional round of the playoffs. So they uh, overhauled their roster in a sense, and they retooled things in free agency. Um, it started off with uh, the signing of Ronald Jones as an added addition to their backfield. Uh, Ronald Jones will be adding to the Tony Pollard and uh, now Deuce Vaughn dynamic, which we'll get into as well. Um, so that kind of a three-headed monster type of uh, ideology from a running perspective uh, should be uh, something to watch when it comes down to the Cowboys running game this year. They also went out and traded for Brandon Cooks from the Texans um, in a, what I call a draft day trade. It wasn't necessarily the day of the draft in certain aspects, but they traded for draft picks. They literally traded Brandon Cooks for a draft conversation um, in, uh, in late round late round picks uh, they got from, uh, they gave to the Texans for a Brandon Cooks services. So they got Brandon Cooks. Uh, they also got, went out and traded for Stephon Gilmore uh, from the Colts. They gave him some draft conversation for that as well, similar to the Brandon Cooks situation. So they got... Uh, another solid and speed-esque receiver uh, in Brandon Cooks, and they got a shutdown corner in Stephon Gilmore to add to their offense and their defense. So uh, solid signings there, in my opinion. They also re-signed Cooper Rush to a one-year deal, franchise tag Tony Pollard, they re-signed Dante Fowler, the edge rusher, they re-signed uh, Jonathan Hankins, uh, the D-tackle, to a one-year deal, and also re-signed Donovan Wilson to a three-year deal at one of their safeties. So it seems like they have pretty good... Uh, a, a good boat of confidence. At least Dan Quinn has a good boat of confidence for Donovan Wilson because they gave him the three money worth a three year deal. So I think they believe in him as being the future. So we will watch that guy closely and see if he's going to pan out and uh, be worth that three year deal that they gave him because everybody else got one years. So yeah, we'll see what Donovan Wilson does, man. But uh, we're definitely looking to see uh, this team take a step next year. Just plays on free agency, and then they turn over to the draft. 
Uh, did we get into uh, the, the draft uh, from top to bottom, one through seven? Now, I call this a draft analysis hitting head scratchers, right? Because, you know, some teams had really good hits when they drafted people, and some of them were head scratchers, in my opinion. I, I'm just not ultimately sure exactly what you were thinking in this regard. Um, and we'll start with your first overall pick. I think that um, they valued Dawson Kincaid um, in that spot, um, but they uh, ultimately went with Mozzie Smith. And I think the Bills might have leapfrogged them to get uh, Kincaid. That might have been it. I have to go back and look at the uh, the draft breakdown. But um, they, they landed on Mozzie Smith um, in the first round, run stopping DT. Um, you know, to say you know to say the least, if they had, I guess, aspirations, I should say, of having uh, somebody go alongside of Diggy Zua, um, you know, I get it. But Mozzie didn't. I guess, and I guess you would argue that he's probably the best run stopping DT in a draft. And if Parsons and, and Lawrence are going to be your full-time edge rusher, that kind of fills out your O-line. Um, got a little bit of questions about this uh, right behind the line, the linebacking core at second level. Um, it could have been somewhere you could have drafted a higher-end higher linebacker if you wanted to do that. Uh, but my biggest issue and my most glaring thing that they should address that they weren't going to get a tight end in round one is the O-line. O-line is, is getting old. Zach Martin and Tyron Smith are nice spring chickens. I wouldn't have invested in O-line there, me personally, but they went for defense and went run-stopping. So, you know, hopefully Mozzie pans out. I mean, we saw the video of people, uh, you know, on social media about how they were going back and forth about who they wanted to pick. Um, so they got Mo- they landed on Mozzie, and that's the first-round pick. The second-round pick was uh, Schoolmaker from Michigan, the tight end, like Luke Schoolmaker, which, I mean, he kind of fits the bill of the prototypical Cowboy tight end. But I still feel like there were more talents and more athletic guys out there, so it's kind of a head scratcher there to me as well. Um, I did like the third round, third round pick in Demarvion Overshaw. He's a really good linebacker. So as I questioned whether or not they were, you know, invested in the second level of the defense, they went out and got Overshaw in their third round. So I give that up a hit. Um, uh, Villamy Fioko is a, is another good one. I think that's a pretty good uh, value for a fourth round pick. He was a pretty good hit for them. Um, outside of that, you know, them getting uh, undersized Deuce Vaughn in the sixth, you know, although his dad is in an organization, which was a feel-good story. The rest of these picks are a head-scratcher. They got an OT and as, uh, Asim Richards, which I wasn't high on. I was, I was out, out of the draft portal. And um, Eric Scott Jr., the cornerback, and then Jalen Brooks, the wide receiver. Yeah, head-scratchers from all those perspectives. I think if I had to say out of seven picks, they probably hit on two for sure. But but I think Mozzie and Schoolmaker will be decent. But I think the big the greatest value they got is in the third, fourth round and, and Fioco and Overshawn. So we'll see how the guys pan out. But that was those are my hits and head scratches for draft. Now, from a roster analysis perspective, um, of course, Dak Prescott's your starter, Tony Pollard's your starting running back. Um, so you got CeeDee Lamb, Brandon Cooks, and Michael Gallup. Um, there's rumors that they may be looking at uh DeAndre Hopkins in this in this uh add to this offense, but um, this is what they have going in. Uh, Jake Ferguson is, is pegged to the start, although they, although they drafted school making the second round, they got Peyton Hendershot as well as a, as a young guy that they have for uh, I think he's the second, third year. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, but I still point at the, the O line like Tyler Smith, you're probably gonna kick him inside, uh, at guard Zach Martin, Zach Martin's older, Terrence Steele is. You know, he's okay. I, I mean, but again, you had options in the first round or you could have picked up a stud in in the in the early uh first in the late first round, and which a lot would allowed you to either pick up a solid uh interior center or guard or and uh maybe a tackle. Preferably be a right tackle. Um, you know, because again, we I'm not sure what Terry still is. He's a young guy, but Tyra Smith's not getting any older. Um, 
you know, Tyler Smith play tackle before. It's a, it's a mix and max bag of things you could have done. You know, we can go through scenarios all day. But overall, I think O-line is still a glaring need here on the offensive uh, side of the ball. I mean, they got talent. But again, two out of the four guys, five guys are not spring chickens. And they, they tend to get hurt a lot, at least in Tyron Smith's case. So we'll see how that checks out. But the defense, I'm, 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 you know, somewhat impressed with as as they uh, have ramped up in Dan Quinn's uh, uh, scheme. Uh, Michael Parsons, like I said, he's going to be a full time D lineman. So is Demarcus Lawman. They're going to Demarcus Lawrence. They're going to be the edge rushers. Mazi and Ozzie Ozzie Dua. How about that, right? Uh, Odigi Zua is going to be the interior guy. So they should be really starting against the run up front. I, I definitely give him credit for that. Hankins, Bohanna, and a few other guys going to round out the depth. There as well as Dante Fowler has been his third edge rusher. So I like their I like their front uh D line. Um uh I guess you can say part of their defense. It's really good. Um and even on the back end, I'm gonna I'm gonna skip over the linebackers real quick and say to a Trayvon Diggs stuff on Gilmore being outside corners in this is definitely an upgrade. Um we'll see what Jordan Lewis and, and Kelvin Joseph do, um, as well as Malik Cooker and Jayon Curse. Um, you know, they are the should be the incumbents, and Donovan Wilson should be the third guy. But again, they're looking to uh, get take a big leap with uh, Wilson because I think they feel like he is uh, going to be the future for them. Um, so we'll see how the secondary pans out. But I think they have upgraded uh, from a coverage perspective in that regard. Now the linebackers, of course, you got Vander still in house and Overshone has been a draft pick. But I'm still waiting on Demone Clark, who was coming off an injury, didn't really play, as well as Jabril Cox from LSU. I think these guys are were highly, extremely talented coming out of college and. They just they just gotta be able to matriculate to the pro level, you know, matriculate their talent in that in that in that, uh, in that production to the pro level. And if they can, one of those guys is gonna line up next to Van Der Esch and be really productive in that defense. So I'm just waiting for who's gonna be that guy. It's gonna be Overshone, who they bringing in young, or gonna be Cox or Clark taking the reins. So we'll see. But I definitely like uh, what they're doing on defense. So overall, as a preseason great for them, I give them a B you know, because again, the O line still gives me pause in regards to the, they need to address it when they could have with a higher end. A level of a talent that they did they had available to them in the draft, um, but yeah, I, I give them a solid B. I think I like their roster is much more addition than like last year. And then they bring in DeAndre Hopkins at any point in time, it definitely goes up to at least A minus, at least A minus. So moving on to the New York Giants, New York Giants finished nine and seven last year. They also made the playoffs, kind of skated in, um, but they made it in playoffs and they played the Vikings first round. Uh, oh, you know, so that was you know what it was, but um. You know, Brian Dayball's first time out as a head coach. Um, you know, he was basically playing with uh, what he was, the cards he was dealt in regards to rosters is concerned when he first got there. Um, but he's now made some overhaul and holistic changes of how he wants to build his team and build his roster. He went on and got Darren Waller as, as a draft day trade. He gave the Raiders some draft conversation for, uh, I believe they flipped that third round they got for Darius Tony and, and it became Darren Waller. So that's not a bad trade off. Went out and got Paris Campbell in free agency, as well as James Crowder. So they added to the receiver room, which was was in desperate need of an overhaul for sure. They definitely needed to add to that room. And Crowder uh, being a return guy and a slot guy, and Paris Campbell being a speed guy on on the outside and inside was definitely an addition that they they could definitely take advantage of. In the meantime, they also resigned Daniel Jones a four year deal, which I'm I have trepidation about. <laughs> in all honesty, I don't think Daniel Jones is the guy. And investing forty four years, forty some odd million per year. In, the, in this guy to be a franchise quarterback. Eh, I think he had better options, in my opinion. But that's what they did. They did that, and they franchised Saquon Barkley behind that. Um, still some lingering issues with that. I don't know what they're going to do in regards to his long-term future because I'm not sure he's okay with playing on a tag, to be honest. 
and I Bible say I wouldn't either. Um, I, you know, based upon the shelf life and the and the devaluement of the running back position, you need to get paid and get paid where you can. You know, ask also accurate that same question. You got to get paid when paid when you can. So if you don't, you mean that never. So uh, we so we'll see how that folds and whether or not he plays on the tag. But I'm wondering how that shakes out. But he's technically on the team. Matt Breida came back as well on a one-year deal. Uh, resigned Sterling Shepard as well, long-term, lifelong giant. They resigned Demarcus Lawrence was a big signing for them. Four-year deal, um, anchoring that interior, that D-line. They needed that guy between him and 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 uh, his counterpart, who we're going to talk about in a second. They they definitely got real formidable in the D-line. Now they got those guys inked and locked in. Um, Jerry Davis also resigned another interior linebacker that was good for them last year. He resigned, so that was a good pickup for them. So I like what they did for agency. Now, the draft, uh, I definitely give them kudos, at least especially in the top end of this draft, of things that they did. They went out and got Deontay Banks, cornerback, one of the best cornerbacks in the draft in the first round um, to go song alongside of Dory Jackson. Then they went on second round and then showed up the interior line, especially the center position with John Michael Smith, probably the best center in the draft. Uh, went out and got him in the second round. They got Jalen Hyatt at the third round to add to that receiving room, which was a great an epic steal for them for the third round. I still don't understand how Jalen Howie fell to the third round. And people are going to pay for that, in my opinion. I think people are going to pay and rule the day they didn't draft Jalen Hyatt higher than third in the third round. So we'll see how that guy uh, produces for in, in Daniel in with Daniel Jones and Brian Dayball's offense. But man, I think they I think they missed the boat on that guy, in my opinion. Chargers included. But you know, I digress. Round five, kind of a head scratcher, Eric Gray running back, not really high on his talent. Um, questions about Trey Hawkins as well as a cornerback. Um, not sure how much value he adds to that secondary at the moment. Jordan Riley as well as being a rotational D tackle guy, especially since they kind of run a hybrid 34. Not sure how he fits. You know, what the, what the thought process behind him drafting him was. Maybe just a, a filler, a, a flyer, and see if he will hit and be productive in the league. Maybe, maybe not. But I did like the seventh round pick. Uh, and I still understand why safeties in this draft that had high production in college dropped so low in certain regards. But uh, Javarius Owens from Houston, solid stud safety. And I think he's going to play for the Giants early. I think that was a great steal for them to get him in the seventh round. I still don't understand how he fell that low. But it's still some guys in, that came became up, came up UDFAs. I, I didn't understand how they got dra- didn't get drafted either. So there's that. But I do love what they did there in adding to that secondary room with, with Owens in it. I think there's going to be a great pickup for them. So four out of their seven picks were hits. Other three were head scratches. So moving on to the roster and his depth. So like you said, the receiving room got an overhaul. Um, bringing back Makai Pope, who, who was a draft pick last year. Um, Crowder's in the room now. Paris Campbell, still in Shepard. Uh, Wandell Robinson, who got hurt last year, which was showing real big-time signs of being a number one, maybe a number two receiver. He's back. Isaiah Hodgins is back. Darius Slayton is back. So you got a, a, a myriad of weapons from the receiving core perspective. And any any anyone... And it's one of those things that's kind of not really good for fantasy, but it's good to have a lot of weapons and be difficult to defend from a, a offensive perspective from Dave Ball's offense. So they got a little plethora of receivers. Right tackle, Evan Neal, second-year man. Andrew Thomas at the left tackle as well, so they got their tackle solidified. Uh, Mark Lewinsky, solid left, right guard. John Michael Smith should feel right in his center, being drafted by them this year. Uh, I actually, they got Brent, they got Ben Brenderson slate as left guard, but I think Joshua is easy Dewey. Uh, from North Carolina takes the left, take that left guard spot. I liked him out of college last year. I think he might end up being a starter for them. And I think that's a solid line if they do make that move. And I think they've highly upgraded their O-line um, in this go-around. I like what they're doing. Of course, Darren Waller tight end. 
like that. Daniel Bellinger, I like last year, although he got his jaw broken at some one point. It was out for a while, but he was productive, you know, in that offense as well. So I like him as being a secondary guy to Darren Waller. And of course, my only question really is Daniel Jones. I really don't think he's the guy. I really think they should, you know, invest in something different next year or the year after that or when his contract is up, but is where we are. So we'll see how things shake out with him, but he's my only question mark. The defense, what's to say about it? I mean, 34 hybrid, you got Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams in the middle. Um, uh, Raheem Noches, Nunez Roches, Sean Robinson, uh, you know, those guys, uh, uh, Jahai Ward is a, is a role, role-playing guy, and Kayvon Thibodeau and Aziz Ojolari on the edges, rushing the pass. Uh, I'm ready for that. I'm ready for that front, front, front four to five. I mean, yeah. Elite, elite in my opinion. Uh, interior linebacker, I'm got, got a few questions. Um, Bobby Orike, o- 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 I think that's how you say it from the Colts. Um, he's been he was solid for an indie, but I'm not sure how he fits in this 34 style uh defense, but we'll see. Him and Jared Davis, I mean, if they can be solid in the interior, make tackles and and play decent coverage, I think they'll be okay. Um, but I do like how they upgraded their corners room, like I said, Deontay Banks and Dory Jackson being there. Um, still got a couple questions about the slot. I don't know if uh, Cordell Flott or anybody else is going to take up that slot role, but I'm curious. You know, they got Darnell Holmes is is the guy right now, but I'm wondering there. Um, but I say I like I like Javarius Owens in the secondary room for safeties and Xavier McKinney. I love him and Dane Belton. So I think those three guys, you know, rotating in and out in the safety spot was be would be really good really good for this team. So I like their defense and what, they, what they're doing on that side of the ball. So this team should be solid. The overall preseason grade, I give them a C plus. Again, the quarterback gives me a lot of trepidation. Um, you know, we still going to see, still got to, it's a wait to see for the O-line uh, and what Saquon is going to do. So that kind of, we kind of, you know, sully my grade for them. But I do think that they've done some solid things in the free, in free agency in the draft and, and we'll see exactly how competitive they are in the NFC East going forward. All right, moving on to the Super Bowl runner-ups, the, the champions of the division, two years running, I believe now. Um, the Eagles. Um, you finished 14-3 last year. Um, Jalen Hurts, runner-up MVP. Um, you know, like I said, they, they won a play or two away from being Super Bowl champions last year, had a great season. And uh, they did not sit on their hands, rest on their laurels, I'll tell you that much, because they went out and was really super aggressive in the draft and free agency. We're going to break it down in short order. So they went out and got Marcus Mariota to back up Jalen Hurts. Smart move. Another mobile quarterback that can run offense in, in the same type of speed and same type of uh, pace that that uh, that Jalen can run it. Um, they also went out and got Rashad Penny after losing Miles Sanders in free agency. Uh, went out and got Rashad Penny in one year deal. He's coming off ACL. Then they made a draft. They traded and got DeAndre Swift. Stole him from the Lions after they moved on from him. Uh, also signed Greedy Williams from the Browns, uh, underrated corner in my opinion, very speedy, very athletic corner. Um, that's going to be good for them in that secondary to help out um, with the notable names they have already. That we're going to talk about in a minute. They also went on and got Terrell Edmonds, uh, Tremaine Edmonds' brother, uh, free safety from Pittsburgh, one uh, in one year deal. So I think he's going to add and kind of fill in that. Uh, uh, what's the guy's name um, from New Orleans uh, that they didn't resign? His name is escaping me right now, but I think he's going to fill in that role. Um, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, that's him. So feeling that Chauncey Gardner-Johnson role um, is a little bit of a hybrid because the Terrell can play. He's an athlete. You know, he got kind of got hidden in that uh, Pittsburgh defense, but he's a player. I like. I think he, he contributes to this defense. So, and, it, and they resigned some few people uh, that they brought back that were here on the team last year. Of course, Jalen Hurts got his deal five years. Very team-friendly deal, but he got paid. 
um, rightfully so, after going to the Super Bowl, made a run of MVP. Could have been MVP potentially if he hadn't got hurt um, back at the end of the season. Resigned Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox on one-year deals, brought them back as lifelong Eagles. Um, and in some type of miraculous move, they resigned Darius Slay after moving off of him originally and brought back James Bradbury. So Bradbury and Slay are locked up with, for three-year deals together for the for the next you know three seasons. And, and their secondary looks really dangerous. Uh, and if you want to line these guys up, and then again, they picked up uh Greedy Williams that's gonna play probably play some slot for them. So yeah, I'm looking for this team to definitely take another step defensively, um, just by the signings they did for agency. And then we get to the draft of all drafts. They call them the Philly Bulldogs now. And then all the Philly Eagles. So they got Jalen Carter at the train back in the first round. Got Jalen Carter. Then they got Nolan Smith on the back end of the first round. Two Georgia Bulldogs, phenomenal talents. Got Tyler Steen from uh, Alabama, uh, old lineman to uh, backfield uh, once Elaine Johnson or uh, uh, anybody, uh, I guess Kelsey, anybody else decides to hang it up. Sidney Brown. Hell of a safety slash corner out of Illinois. And that's out of the secondary. Stole him in the third. Stole Keelan Ringo after trading up in the third round and get him another Georgia Bulldog. Got a backup quarterback in Santa McKee from uh, Stanford. Smart guy. And they stole Maury Ojama, who fell always to the seventh as a, D, as a, as a reserve DT. Man. <laughs> Just how do you how do you have seven hits? There's <laughs> no head scratchers here. There's no head scratches there. They 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 stole the draft. Them in the, in the, in the Steelers to me, the, the city the the state of Pittsburgh, the state, excuse me, the state of Pennsylvania, stole the draft this particular year in 2023. I'm telling you. And when we get to the AFC North, we, you'll, you'll see what I mean when we break those down. But man, they did their thing. They did their thing in free agency and the draft. So we talk about depth. I mean, it's it's I mean it's it's a plethora of things here. I mean, Jalen Hurts, Marcus Mariota, Tanner McKee. The Penny, Gainwells, Boston Sky, DeAndre Swift, Trey Sermon. I mean, you might have to trade one of these guys to get too much talent in your running back room. Then you got Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. Um, he didn't request Watkins. Omida Zacchaeus, who he picked up from Atlanta, who was probably going to be their, their, their slot guy. So Quez Watkins might want to watch out. Uh, Dallas Goddard's coming back off injury. Dan Arnold got him in the fold. Tyree Jackson, former quarterback, the long, tall, athletic tight end. Jordan Malata, left tackle, Landon Dickerson, guard, Cam Jurgens, who they drafted last year, is going to initially play center when Kelsey hangs it up. But he's playing right guard now because Kelsey's back. And Lane Johnson. Hey, man. <laughs> Tyler Steen is going to play at some point. So they got they only got things built right for right now to win, but they got things for the future to build right for a long win for a long time. I mean, shout out to Holly Roseman, man. That's all I can really say. He, he does it and does it big. I can't even, I can't knock anything he's doing right now. He's doing all the right things. And this team is again, it's not only built for the win right now and go back to the Super Bowl this year, but they're built for the next three to four to five, maybe six years down the line with talent and guys. They just keep they just keep bringing them in and developing them. And it's defense, man. Ooh, salivating. I'm drooling like Homer Simpson drools at donuts when I look at this defense because the the multitude of the multitude of things you could do with this defense is 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 a is a, is a defensive quarter coordinator's wet dream. It really is. Is defense coordinator's red dream. I mean, you got Brandon Carter, Jalen, Brandon Graham, Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis, Fletcher Cox, and that's I mean, Josh Sweat, Derek Barnett, Hassan Reddick, Nolan Smith, Nicobe Dean, Nicholas Morrow. I mean, Davion Taylor. I mean, come on. Maury Ojamo is a reserve in the seventh round. I mean, you not only have studs, you have depth. 
That's that's what really grabs me. Then you get to the secondary. You didn't get to the secondary. Darius Slay and and Bradbury all, all already. Avance Maddox, Terrell Edmonds, Sidney Brown, uh, Keelan Ringo, Eli Ricks when he stole a, as a UDFA. Greedy Williams, Kayvon Kayvon Wallace, Makai Gardner. I mean, oh man, <laughs> we can go on and on. We can spend a whole podcast just talking about the roster of the Eagles, man. And this is it's going to be a travesty of justice if they don't go back to the Super Bowl. In barring injury. And just a complete collapse from that perspective, they should be the all-star favorite to go back to the Super Bowl right now. Just based on talent. You went there without the level of talent you have now. Man, you got not only got the top in talent, but you got the depth. So if somebody goes down, somebody comes right back in the fields, and there's no fall-off. There's no fall-off. So clearly, we give them an A. I mean, it's not even a question. I mean, what, why, what are we talking about here? Clearly getting an A, and they got, they're the class of the conference. Not just the division right now, but the conference. Now, the NFC is weak. In 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 its entirety, but as a as a as a unit, clean A. Almost give it A plus. Almost give it A plus. But uh, yeah, I mean, only thing that kind of give me pause is the linebacker room. The only thing. But again, what what Nola Smith and those in and the Kobe Dean going to do in in their first and second year is going to be the tell. Going to be the tell. So moving on to the sad sex of the division, <laughs> and and I and I say that in jest. Because I mean, let's be honest. We're gonna tell you. I'm gonna break it. As a matter of fact, I'm just gonna not gonna talk about. It. I'm just gonna prove it to you why they're the sad sex of the division. And I hate this for them because I like Ron Rivera and I love Eric Bieniemy. You know, now the fact that they're selling the team finally is another thing that's kind of a bright spot. And you know, a silver lining on that dark, dark ass cloud has been this organization for years. A better about 20 years probably. So they finished eight and eight last year. They actually almost made the playoffs at eight and eight, but Brian Rivera made a quirky uh, quarterback change in the middle, kind of cost them their chance, right? So they had, they got rid of Carson Wentz. So they brought Jacoby Brissett in as a one in one year deal. They signed Andrew Wiley to a three year deal as a right tackle. Also signed Nick Gates as an interior lineman uh, for to a three year deal. So him and Wiley kind of married together. They also re- signed Cody Barton as a linebacker to go along with uh, Jamin Davis. And they re-signed Tyler Lawson, which kind of was a head-scratcher because he's been that, been that crazy productive guy, but he's a reserve O-lineman, I guess. And they franchise tag Deron Payne, which they should have because, I mean, you got to uh, you got to keep that guy in-house. I mean, he's too much of a, he's too much of a beast in the interior. Too much of a dog. Too much of a dog. So those are your re-signing moments. One much, you know, of all the sexy picks that people have had and the other three teams that we just broke down, they're probably the least uh, exciting, to say the least. So... Those, that's what you have. Then they get into the draft. Now, this is really what blew my mind. This just completely blew me away. Now, they had seven picks. They started off wrong with the first one. They really did. I don't understand for the life of me, how do you pick Emmanuel Forbes over Christian Gonzalez? I don't understand how that happens. Emmanuel Forbes had questions about his durability, his speed, his agility, his athleticism. He has great ball skills but he's undersized, if nothing else. You had no questions. Christian Gonzalez checked all these boxes prior to you uh, drafting, and you pick Emmanuel Forbes over Christian Gonzalez and Deontay Bakes, for that matter. These kids had no questions about their ability to cover and play corner in the league going into the draft. And you balked at both of those guys to pick Emmanuel Forbes. Head scratching in his own right. Now, they kind of brought me back into to my interesting moment because of them signing Jatavius Martin in the second round because Jatavius Martin, to me, is a is a big-time hybrid 
uh, corner slash safety for that for, for, for that's going to be for them. So he's going to be able to play multiple roles in his uh, in his defense. So I like the Jatavius Martin pick, but after that, we, it falls completely off the wagon. Don't understand the Ricky Stromberg pick at center. Had better options there. The Brandon Daniels pick in, in at four, another head scratcher. He had better options there as well. The KJ Henry DN pick at five, head scratcher. Chris Rodriguez at running back, hadn't heard of him really until he got drafted. Better options there. Why Sean Tucker was sitting out there for everybody to be had, and he was an area kid. So I don't understand why you didn't pick him up. You want to pick a running back. And Andre Jones, a linebacker. Don't understand that one either, especially when you brought in Cody Barton. You have Jamin Davis already. Why do you need Andre Jones? And again, there were better options that went undrafted that you had a seven round, but you picked these guys. This is why he's head scratching to me and what they do and they've been doing for a while. Why do you bring these guys in and they had they have no proven ability in college and you think that you can make these guys work? They may fit your scheme. Is that what you think? But if that's what you've been thinking, you've been thinking that for a while and it has never worked out. Never worked out. So I, I don't have a whole lot of hope outside of what the Chavis Martin and maybe what a Manny Forbes can do. Outside of that, these draft picks were all head scratchers. I'm on the fence with Emmanuel Forbes, but I'm, and, I, and I'm hitting on the Chariots uh, Martin. Outside of that, everybody else is a head scratcher. And Mary Forbes might be a head scratcher too, because especially when Chris Gonzalez starts balling out in New England, you're going you're gonna to rue the day you didn't draft him. You didn't, you're going to rue the day. So talking about the depth, don't, don't have a clear-cut number one quarterback. Sam Howell is the incumbent at the moment. Jacoby Brissett is the backup, Jake Fromm. Um, Sam Howell is going to be feast of family. Like He's going to be really good or be really bad. And with Eric Bieniemy calling plays, I feel for him to have to deal with this early on because he, he he's trying to prove himself, which he shouldn't have to at this point, but he's still trying to prove himself as being a, a dominant play caller. And having Sam Howell as your guy going into this is kind of rough, kind of rough. But if he's really good and you have faith in he's going to be really good and you can turn him into a star, then kudos to you because they got the receiving core to do it. Uh, you know, Brand, you know, starting with the running backs with Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson, that's one aspect of it because they're both dual threat weapons. Then you get to Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dawson, who I love, and then Kristen Samuels is another good outside side slot guy, and Deami Brown. I think he's really good as well. I think you got four solid receivers. Logan Thomas is your quarter, is your tight end, and, and then Cole Turner is a pickup that they got. Um, that could be good for them. So I think they got a these they got pretty pretty good weapons on the offensive side. This quarterback just gives me pause. I just don't know. It's a wait and see. It's a wait and see. The incumbent Charles Leno uh, is a left tackle. Uh, Andre Andrew Noel, who they're talking about cutting, ironically, for who I don't know, but they're talking about cutting Noel for some reason, and not talking about keeping him and bringing him back, which I don't get that at all when you don't have a better option. But that's what they're talking about. So we're not sure if you know where else is even going to make the roster in this moment. But he's a starter today. <laughs> as of today, he's a starter. May not be that way tomorrow, but he, as of today, he's a starter. Nick Gates, the center, Sam Cozy, Cozy at right guard, and Andrew Wiley at right tackle. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. I, that line gives me a lot of, of trepidation. It really does. I don't know where they're going with it, but it doesn't look good. Defensively, better. Better. I mean, of course, the, oh, the D-line is, is stellar. Sweat, Young on the edges. Allen and Payne in the middle. Ridgeway and Mathis uh, is reserves. Great. Cody Barton leading the charge with Mayo and Davis. I like the linebacking core. Wondering, again, like, as you can see here, the guy Martin is listed as a corner. Like I said, he's a hybrid. He can play both positions. But Kendall Fuller and Emmanuel Forbes out on the outside, just Davis Martin in the slot. I like it. Cam Dantzler. It could be a possible uh, 
a sneaky pickup for them. Um, Cameron Curl has been been playing well, and uh, and Derek Derek Foster. So we'll see what this D what this defense does, but I think it's going to be the calling card because we don't know what the quarterback is going to be. So um, overall, man, I give this preseason grade as a D. I don't like the roster and, and, and holistically. I like pieces, but when the quarter when you're not right with the quarterback, I can't get behind much else behind that. So get the quarterback right first and fix the O line and you know build around those weapons and that defense and then we're call, then we're talking then we're cooking. But until you do that, I don't have much faith that they won't finish last in the division. In my personal opinion. So, hope you guys enjoyed this. Like I said, this is the first in uh, in many. Um, I'm going to leave you with a cliffhanger because I'm actually going on vacation next week. So, I won't be here to give you the the NFC North until two weeks from now. So, we're going to let this video cook. We're going to let it simmer. Like, comment, subscribe if you like what's going on. And uh, we once this uh, resonates with the fan base, we'll come back with with uh, in two weeks with the next uh, round of videos for the uh, NFC or NFL preseason breakdown and rundown. So hope y'all liked it. Hope y'all appreciated the breakdown, and, and hope you can see some positives in your team that can go into the season that you may like. But um, in the meantime, between time until next uh, two weeks from now, actually, I'll see you when I see you. Step up and lock it down. <laughs>